is Tom Trebojevic, fullback for the Manly Ringer Seagulls, and you're listening to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. You're here with Catfish as always. I won Supercoach many years ago, but I'm here with someone far more relevant than I, someone who uh, won recently, and that is 2021, the reigning overall champion. That's Tim Moody. How are you going, Tim? I'm going good, man. I was actually just trying to make a comparison in my mind, in my mind of us, uh, myself, and I was thinking like, I feel like you're kind of like a bit like the immortal, you know what I mean? You're like the Joey Johns and I'm just like the current, I'm like the Clifford, you know what I mean? But then I thought, I don't really want to be Clifford. Why did, you know, maybe, I, and that, but I couldn't think of anything else in time, but there you go. You're Andrew Johns and I'm Clifford. No, that is, that, that is not a good comparison at all. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're trying to be nice, but yeah, you're being far too kind comparing me to the Joey Johns of Supercoach. That's definitely not, not a good comparison. <laughs> you're a massive party boy. Uh, yeah, not, not sure about that. <laughs> uh, it's just us two tonight. Uh, the rest of them uh, have buggered off. Nah, Joe's Joe's working hard. He's gone for a business trip, and I think Bear is finishing off a uni assignment. Bit weird, surprisingly, but yeah, uh, he's a busy man. Uh, study, work, fatherhood, all that. But look, it's round four this week, and that's three rounds in the history books already for the 2022 season. Tim, how are you traveling overall? How did you go last week? Yeah, well, we round four, we're coming up to, isn't that? Hasn't gone quick? I can't believe it. Uh, just like a snap of the fingers, and here we are. Um, I didn't go too crash hot last week. I scored 1,085. Um, I brought in two good trade options of um, Nico Hines and Taylor May, who both uh, tunned up. However, um, yeah, too many 25s uh, and low scores from the likes of uh, Luke Keary, uh, Kikau, Marnie. But this is the uh, the hole I've dug for myself. You know, I really have done some reflecting and, you know, pride myself on being a marathon super coach player who plays the long game and I didn't have the patience to just wait one week for Reed Marnie which uh, uh, sorry for uh, Harry Grant and I plugged Reed Marnie in instead which was a massive mistake um I didn't wait a week for Kiri which I should uh, for sorry for Munster which I should have and I've got Kiri I just yeah I feel like I'm chasing and I'm behind now and oh, I feel like I'm missing because I've got to make some weird tweaks I feel like I'm missing out on a few of these good mid-rangers that are making money. And, yeah, I feel like I'm a bit trapped at the moment. But we'll see if hopefully we can like have a bounce-back week or something because all three weeks have been pretty underwhelming, sitting in 22,000. It's interesting how you say that. And we'll definitely talk about it shortly when we go to our strategy section because I think you're definitely not the only super coach who's feeling that way at all. I had a pretty good week. Well, I finally cracked four figures. That's a good start, right? Yep, 100%. <laughs> but no, I scored 1166. So that's just, that actually saw me jump 40,000 ranks overall. Um, so I'm just a little bit behind you in 24,000s. 
but honestly, there is like a you could throw a blanket. I think I'm a hundred points from the top ten thousand, you know, hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty to the top five thousand. So yeah, stones throw to the top one k, and it's it's actually quite frustrating because so I, I used my first trade boost last week. I brought in Nico Hines for Sam Walker. I also got rid of Joey Manu for Isaiah Yo, and I also traded in Bo Firma. Okay, nice. Uh, so pretty happy with those trades, all things considered. Uh, but what really hurt is, so this is my bench last round, right? So these are the scores sitting on my non-playing reserves. So 38, 85, 179 and 31. Mm. So, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it- I feel like that happened to me heaps last year. You just don't nail your bench, but, and then you just try to chase those last week's guys from your bench. Yeah. I'll just really look at the matchup. I feel like I get lazy with my bench. I don't really put enough thought into it until the last moment, but I think that's a crucial part. I think for me, though, this is the annoying thing, right? So I, and look, I'll put my hand up and fess up. Absolute rookie error. So what I what my process is, you know, I'll map out my team, I'll make my trades. I think this is what I'm going to do this week. Then I hit reverse trades mm. and only make the trades I have to. Like I'm paranoid. I never want to make trades until as late as possible. So yeah. final team list is if I can, etc. You know. So I did that and I forgot to check my reserves. I forgot to check my vice captain and captain. Oh. So all week I said I was vice captain Nico Hines, and I was going to play i think yeah i had josh king and nanai down as definite plays for me and yeah it is a rookie error i'll have to have to uh, agree with you but it happens i've done it myself and um i think we've all done it at one point it hurts it was it's so funny because i went through the whole of the sharks game celebrating like obviously i was happy because you know nico was going well but i I was celebrating as if he was going to be my captain because i thought i was Mm. looping him for sure yeah, I've gone through, and then after the game, I'm like, "Oh yeah, look, let's get rid of loop." And then I'm looking at it, going, "Hang on, why is he not in blue?" <laughs> I'm just going, "Oh crap, what have I done here?" And then yeah, I think that that had me on tilt for the rest of the round. So I ended up playing Randall by accident. I, I swear I didn't have the reserve on him, but somehow I did. And yeah, so just one one mistake after another. I, honestly, if I had played my right players, uh, you know, King and and. Uh, Nanai. Uh, sorry, Josh, Josh King and Nanai instead of Randall. And I think I played Penasini or something like that. Or, or I don't know. It was just a dumb move. Like that that alone would have hit, seen me hit 1,300. And I would have been really happy because I would have been somewhere around, you know, the top 5,000 or something already yeah, in, in one week. It's so. a big difference, isn't it? Just even for the mental game, like 5,000th or 20,000th. I'd be pretty comfortable in 5,000th right now. I know, right? So you got to shake it off. I think for me, my consolation prize is at least I've got those players. They're in my team. Mm. They're going to make me cash. i got to look at the long game, like you pointed out. So, look, that's enough of my sub story. So for Bear, so he's got 11.16, so he's up around 25,000. And Joe, 11.09, he, so he, he went up 40-something thousand ranks as well, but he's still at 43,000. So, look, massive gains for all of us, I think. Am but, I the top ranked, yeah. am I? That's ridiculous. You are, actually. <laughs> it's good to be around you guys. Good company. <laughs> Look, like we said, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm looking at my team going, I reckon I'm pretty well set up Tortoise in the for the rest of the season. Mm. Like I said, you know, all I've like two two wrong reserve choices and that's got me in twenty four thousand instead of five thousand or whatever it is yeah. that I could have easily been in. So I'm pretty pretty okay with that. Quick shout out to our champs. So Oscar, the coach of Ray Stone, so he was leading our group point last week. 
and he actually took the plunge, became one of our champs. And so he's now ranked um, 45th, so he's gone up 40-odd spots and is now well and truly in pole position for our $500 champs-only bonus. And we've also got Rob, coach of the Rudy Duties, in 270th, so he's trucking along a well. Yeah, no, we've had a good good week for the champs. A lot of us have surged up the rankings and, and you know, we started pretty poorly, but yeah, that's all good. Anyway, that's enough rambling. Let's check, take a quick look at the news for this week. So breaking news, uh, well, not not quite, but Mitch Barnett, uh, obviously he was sent off, referred straight to the judiciary. Uh, it only just dropped before, but he's now confirmed suspended for six weeks. I think that's Actually, I thought it was going to be six weeks when I first saw um, that he'd been referred. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? That was my gut feeling, and that's what I wanted as well. I thought six weeks was warranted. It's funny, I was listening to um, Kenty try and defend him on the 360 show, saying it was like a a check play where, because Newcastle don't like to sort of take a fall when there's an obstruction runner sort of coming through. And um, yeah, that's look, that kind of makes a bit of sense, but there's a different, you don't, that's not the way you do it. He was clearly did what he did and it was ridiculous it's a brain snap i think we don't have to give him all the hardest time in the world over it but i'm sure he's a good bloke just a bit of a grubby act at the time so i think we can label him a grub for a while but on the field but um still probably a good person i think for me i just thought that's a grub act i'm not questioning his person he probably didn't have any malicious intent but it doesn't matter it still was really dangerous, it was a and that's why. Split he's second moment too. It was a silly decision in a split moment. It wasn't like premeditated in any way or anything like that. He was just coming across, and it was just a bit of an opportunity he saw there, and he uh, took it. It wasn't a good opportunity, but yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, it was dangerous. So look, yeah. obviously, that's why he's copped it. Uh, so I think, like I said, six weeks is kind of where I, I thought it was going to be, and, and that's that. And horribly, so. Mamacia hasn't come into the bloody starting side, which would have been <laughs> a dream for us, wouldn't it? Uh, for you, maybe. I skipped him, remember? Oh, I just skipped him a C. Oh, I've got him. Yeah, I told you. I told you. <laughs> uh, in the other news, I mean, uh, not that it's massive news, but George Burgess, the NRL has come out and confirmed to the Dragons that he can keep playing for the time being, pending the, the court process rolling through on that one. Basically, long story short, he doesn't qualify for the no-fault stand-down automatically because the the charge he's up for, like the, the maximum sentence isn't within the, the right range to qualify for that. But the NRL has discretion and it's, you know, all things considered, what he's alleged to have done is not pretty, I guess you could say. So, you know, I'm a little bit torn. I think it'd be cleaner if they just kind of stood him down for the time being, but I get it. They've got to apply their own policies. Mm, I, can't, I'm not, I haven't really followed that story too much. I'm only just aware of the, the headline. Yeah, look, it's it's not neither here nor there at the end of the day. It's not like he's a key player for the Dragons. It's not like he's key for Supercoach. So let's move on. Uh, obviously, a number of other players who are suspended. So Jaden Suar, he's going to miss one match. He's taking the early guilty play, I think, for his high tackle charge. Uh, otherwise, a whole heap of fines being issued. So nothing too dramatic there. Injuries-wise, obviously, shocking news for Ray Stone. No hero uh, last week, but unfortunately at the cost of his knee for the season. And I believe that'll be his last game as a Parramatta Eel for this year. And he's off to become uh, a Dolphin. Uh, a few other knee concerns. So Kalen Pong missed last week again. Expectation is he's going to be back. He's been named. Tyson Frizzell had a bit of a knee concern at the end of the game. He played it out, but uh, there are some question marks there as to whether he's going to be 100% performance-wise um, as per 
I mean, I've had a chat to NRL physio and he's flagged that as a bit of a concern. He actually talked me out of training him in. So yeah, mm. <laughs> uh, big Stefano, a bit of a bit of a shocking one. Could be up to ten weeks apparently. It's a high ankle sprain, so a case of the syndesmosis. That's not good <laughs> Sorry, for the Tigers. They kind of need him. No, not at all. So yeah, it's not not good news at all. Otherwise, Matt Nicavalu, he also had an ankle concern. I think he's sitting out this game, as is Connor Tracy, who had a groin concern. Turned out that he'd actually had some off-season groin surgery, so he's going to miss some time there as well. Colin Hess has a bit of a shoulder issue. It seems like he's going to miss some time. We're not sure how long as yet. Uh, Jack Hetherington hurt his shoulder. It seems like he's gone for surgery. That'll see him miss at least three months, if not longer, depending on how serious it is. A couple of other questions over Xavier Coates. He sat out last week, very unfortunate, late out for a lot of people. So they copped an AE. He had a mild hamstring concern. He's been named this week, but according to NRL Physio, he'd be 50-50 at best if there was an actual strain from last week. And for the Broncos, they've lost a couple of players. Jordan Rickey, he's got a rib concern, uh, similar to what Dave Feeder had earlier, just a rib cartilage issue, I believe. So he's going to sit out this week and there might be a pain tolerance issue after that as well. Apparently, Kurt Capewell also hurt his calf and that's why he's actually named on the extended bench, not in the actual team. So yeah, a couple of question marks there for the Broncos. Any uh, updates for us on um, Kurt Mann after his GIA? This is about to go 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 down there. His uh, so, uh, genital yeah. injury assessment has that come through all good? <laughs> oh, I was going to say the LHIA, the little head injury assessment. <laughs> yeah. Look, he apparently he just came out and said, "Yeah, I got kicked in the nuts." So and, did they look at it? Did know, they have a look at it? Because that's what they got to <laughs> Did they know. ask it some questions <laughs> like to do the alphabet backwards and stuff like that? And it's like, I can't speak. I'm just a doodle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's gold. Yeah, look, uh, I don't know if any, <laughs> but he should be great to play, apparently. Um, the question marks might be for his future children's sake, but who knows? Yeah, that's a good anyway, moving on. <laughs> Jaden Sue actually also had a foot issue. So uh, plantar fasciitis, apparently, and that could be problematic, could be like a multi-week thing potentially, but again, not sure of the specific details. Uh, thankfully, Chris Smith seems like he's going to be fine. He obviously did fail his HIA and missed the rest of that game, but it seems like he's been cleared of any further damage for his jaw or, or chin or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it for the news for this week. So let's move on to our next segment. Space and crunch numbers like I do. They call me all right, so this segment, Crunching the Numbers, sponsored by Carl McGrath, accountant. Uh, again, if you want to make sure you're not fudging your numbers when it comes to your taxes, make sure you get Carl to help you out. So, look, first couple of weeks I was looking at scoring, you know, being down. I was looking at penalties, errors, and all that type of stuff. So moving a little bit away from that, looking more at Supercoach scoring again, but more for the players. So I looked, I mean, we've got three weeks of data now from 2022. And right now, the highest averaging player, and I've, I've not included Taylor May, who's only played one game. So I'm looking at guys who have at least played two games or three games. So we've got Nico Hines at the top there with a 99 average, then followed by Munster with a 97.5 average across two games. Cam Murray, three games for 86.3. Dane Gagai, 82.7. We've got Teague Wilton, who played two games, got an 81 average. And then, surprisingly, Tommy Dearden, 78.3 average across three games. Ryan Pappenhausen, 76.3. Then you've got Payne Haas, 
with the 75, Isaac Targo 73.7, and Isaiah Papali'i at 72.3. So that's the top 10 on averages for players who've played two or three games. That obviously misses a couple of key names like your Harry Grant, who's only played one game, as well as, uh, like I said, Taylor May, obviously big first up game. Uh, with 106, but it's not really an average, is it? One game. No. Any any names that really stood out to you from that list? Yeah, I guess. I mean, not that they really stood out. I guess a lot of them kind of make sense, except for Tom Dearden. I mean, that's a, a bit of a surprise packet. Don't know how much that'll keep up. But, you know, then when you say these averages, I always start to think about those averages coming down, you know, because they've scored high now, then they're, are they going to keep averaging that well? Or are they, you know, they're going to get come down a bit so I'm sort of trying to torn in my mind whether we start trying to get on these guys that are doing well or do we try to jump on the guys that we think that can go well that aren't going well if you know what I mean yeah yeah no look I totally get that because obviously the average is if if they've started off hot but you think they're going to average you know let's say Nico doesn't average 99 for the rest of the season you think he's going to even out at 80 or whatever then you know there's going to be a, a little period where he's got to average closer to 70 mm. in order to get down from a 100 average down to an 80. So it's going to take some time for him to average lower in order to even add an 80 for the season. So, you know, obviously that's that's something that we have to factor in in terms of how you're evaluating these players. I guess the reason I kind of highlighted that because I wanted to look at what types of players were there. Positionally. Obviously, you know, you've got Hines playing halfback. Mm. You've got Munster playing 5'8". Murray's a forward. Gagai's a center wing. Wilton's an edge back rower. Dearden, obviously, playing 5'8". Havenhausen's a fullback. Haas, front row forward. Targo, who's playing center. And Papali'i, who's playing edge back row. So I think it's really interesting. It's a, it's a really even spread. And the only the only position that's missing here is hooker. And I guess if you can... Harry Grant's 92, then he'd be in there. But I think that's probably a little bit telling. And we're going to unpack this a little Mm. bit when we get to the strategy section. But I wanted to look at that because, I mean, at the start of the season, right, we all thought fullback, 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 right? That was 2021. You know, you had to have two-gun fullbacks. You had to have all these names lined up, uh, you know, your Nathan Cleary's and Cody Walker's and stuff. That was last year, right? Mm. Whereas this year it's not quite. And and. I think looking at the actual averages makes a big difference. And I think to illustrate this, I looked actually at not not the averages because I don't I didn't have that easily accessible, but I looked at the top scores from 2021 round three and compare that to 2022 round three. Interesting. So so 2021 round three, right? So the scores range from you got Cody Nikarima top scoring for that round with 134, mm-hmm. followed by RTS with 133. Obviously they. Yeah, they played the Raiders and those two had a ball, basically. Jermaine Asako, third at 114. Ryan Sutton, 113. David Feed, 112. Phil Sammy, 107. Connor Watson, 104, coming off the bench. That was impressive. And then Tex Hoy, 103. Herbie Farnworth, 99. Xavier Coates, back when he was a Bronco, 99. And then Campbell Gillard, 97. So some really interesting names there that just you don't expect for you know to be top scoring anytime in, in the round of Supercoach, let alone 2021. Now, obviously this week, Cam Murray, 129, Nico Hines, 124, Cam Munster, 121, Dearden, 109, Pappenhausen, 107, Val Holmes, 106, Taylor May, 106, Brandon Smith, 102, Dylan Brown, 100, Jeremiah Nanai, 100, and Isaiah Papali'i, 94. So just looking at, again, at the the, the, the numbers really, 
Uh, I think the spread is actually bigger in 2021, you know, 134 top score. And then there's a pretty sharp drop to the low 110s. And then, you know, you're into the 90s soon after that. Whereas for, for once in 2022, we saw a lot more 100 plus scores. I think we had 10 this week. And then we had a drop to 94, which was Isaiah Papali'i. Again, looking at it, we were expecting maybe forwards to come back into things. And they surprisingly, there were actually more forwards scoring highly last round, last year's round three compared to in 2022. So mm. I don't think there's anything to read too much into that. I just wanted to go through the exercise to look at the, the names a little bit more and the scores a little bit more. Yeah. But I think my main takeaway from what we've seen so far in 2022 was those averages I read out before and the players and the positions that they're at. It, it's not so much focusing just on fullbacks mm. or even halfback or 5'8 anymore. But like I said, we're going to dig into that a little bit more shortly. So to wrap up the segment, just wanted to thank again Carl McGrath Accountant. Find him on Facebook there. Uh, just search for Carl McGrath. That's C-A-R-L. M-C-G-R-A-T-H, Accountant, Twitter at Carl M. Accountant. Get in contact with him. As I've mentioned previous weeks, as well as you're doing your taxes, he can help you with your, all your bookkeeping needs, including things like data entry and bass preparation and lodgement. If you're, if you're a small business owner, take some of the pressure off your shoulders. Let Carl take care of your books while you take care of your business. So again, mention the Supercoach Champions podcast when you get in contact with him. He'll take care of you for pricing and obviously he'll have another good chat with you Supercoach-wise. He's still ahead of me ranking-wise. So yeah, get some advice off him. He's doing well. And again, Kyle just wanted to offer a big thank you to all the listeners who trusted him with their work last year. On behalf of all of the listeners, I'd like to say thank you to Kyle. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. All right. So bouncing off what we talked about just then, you know, looking at those names, the averages. Last time we had you on, which was two weeks ago, yep. uh, we kind of talked about what we thought might be changing in terms of 2022, which players might be more relevant, what, what are the gun positions that we need to look out for. And you raised that you thought centers were going to come into relevance more than wingers. And you also were looking more at the edge back rowers instead of the other forward positions. Yeah. Do you think that's changed from your from your perspective since then? I don't know whether I'm, I may have. I'd have to rewind and listen back to myself. But I, I don't know whether I was on the train of so much that centers would be uh, more relevant than wingers. But I just think they'll be more relevant this year compared to last year. Whereas I think that like, centers were a bit of a dud last year. But yeah, it seems to me there's quite a few centers that are still quite handy, busy. And it seems a lot of the ball's not getting to the wings as much. But I think that's got something to do with the weather um, and it being. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah I, I, I think I might be a bit wrong on that one. I think once it starts to dry up a bit, you know, the wingers will start reaping the benefits of um, attacking footy again. But. It seems like it's going to be raining again for a while. The vibe I get, it's going to be bucketing down again this weekend, right? Uh, look, uh, uh, maybe maybe down south uh, in, in Brisbane, it seems like it's all right so far. But like I said, I haven't looked into the weather too much. Here in Sydney. Yeah, it's not nice. Yeah, so I think at the moment I'm sort of putting you know like too much trust in a lot of the um, like people like Cobo on the wing and stuff like that. I think like, I'd have a lot more faith in Stags if they'd give him the ball. But yeah, there's plenty of centers out there that are looking great, like Targo, Gay Guy, Tomoko. There's a lot, yeah, just the centers that are busy that like a bit of work. Um, even, you know, you when you look at um, the, the more sort of market guys like Lomax as well, handy. Yep. Very handy. Mm. 
So, yeah, there's not too many wingers where I used to be feel like I was wanting to be jumping on the wingers that are going to be on the back of the big attack. But I feel like I'm a little bit sort of balanced up a little bit now where I'm sort of giving centers more respect, depending on who they are. Even Kelly. What about Brian Kelly? He looks good too. I think it's coming back to the what we were saying, you know, from early on. Like it does seem to be a, bit, a lot more about the base, and mm-hmm. the reason centers usually have better bases is they get to make more tackles. Yep. So you know, someone like Isaac Targo, like, I think you know, one thing we picked up was that he was defending much further in than your typical center. I think he was swapping spots with Luai, and so Luai was dis- defending out towards the edge, and Targo was you know much more in the middle of the field. Hence, why his tackle numbers are really good, generally speaking. I feel like that is, you know, helping his scores. I mean, like I said, right now from players who've played two or three games, he's in the top 10 average-wise. I I actually neglected to point out. So there's there's actually no wingers right now in the top 10, Mm. um, aside from, again, Tail and May with a one-game sample size of 106. So I think he could be right. You know, as it dries up, then sure, maybe the wingers come back into play. But right now it's definitely, it's more about the centers. You know, you na- you rattled off a, n- a heap of names there, like even the likes of Campbell Graham. Yep, there's um, another one I missed. Farmworth. Yep. Yeah, Herbie Farmworth is killing it. Yep. Like he's getting plenty of ball in the left center position for the Broncos. Whereas we were all obviously looking at Katoni Stagg's way, thinking he was going to be the target. But yeah, I, I don't know whether it's just the Broncos uh, are seeing Herbie have a lot more favorable matchups and, trusting him uh having said that look i think stacks can put up his hand and you know do some work himself and come in and get the ball and make some runs he's been a bit lazy there as well so but then again i feel like he should just be waiting out there for the bloody good ball i don't feel like he needs to go looking there's plenty of other people out there that can do the, the, the that sort of hard work you know what i mean set for stags he's elite just set for him bloody hell you know what I mean? It really yeah. frustrates me. But um, what I think I think I'm noticing as well about the centers versus the wings is I feel like the the wingers aren't getting good quality runs as well because they most of the runs I feel like they're taking are just like sort of in the ten meter twenty meter line where they're taking that first or second hit up, um, trying to relieve for the forwards when they're down in their own end. A lot of the time in these conditions, these wingers are getting tackled into the end goal as well. Whereas the centers are seeming to get more ball when it's like in good ball end like down the other end of the field and it seems to cut off before it gets to the winger whether it's the second rower that has a run or whether the center just doesn't have enough time to pass it or make a good decision to pass they take the tackle so yeah I think centers in the wet are someone we should be targeting more week to week if we have them in our rotation but I don't know necessarily about long term as well I think this that'll come back a bit though once it dries up yeah it's certainly something we're gonna have to keep a close eye on but I guess, you know, generally speaking, you know, looking across all the positions now. So 2021, it was all about upside, right? Upside, upside, mm. upside. You were playing for the ceiling, you know, plays. So everyone wanted two gun fullbacks. You needed your clearies or your DCs late in the season. Happy to take the risk on AJ every week. You know what I mean? Just that sort of Yeah, you needed, yep. you needed Cody Walker or Adam Dwayhe when he was killing it. Tor or Garrick. You needed David Feeder. Mm-hmm. They were the names that you had to have roll, rolling out every single week. I just think with 2022, I get, you know, it's only three weeks in, but three rounds is enough of a sample size for us to get a much clearer picture. Aside from Nico Hines, you know, there's a couple of other names in there, obviously, like Cam Munster, two-game sample size, but it's hard to ignore that he actually looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, his fitness, obviously haircut aside, um, 
It's a little bit questionable. I mean, you're, you're the hair guy. Oh, look, how, how, how do you read his? From my understanding, look, this is. I think he's going to lose that mullet. I don't think he's going. I think that was just because he even had on his Instagram. Should I keep the mullet? Yes or no? He, well, you know it looks terrible. He knows it looks terrible. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the avenue that oh, I was saying this earlier on um, Super Experience is that the Cam Munster in 2022 is trying to be a different guy. You know what I mean? And that doesn't go along with that. So I think we'll see him completely shaven, like shaved head, and I think that's good because the hair was getting in his face and he was having a body brush it out of his eyes every two seconds. I think he does look like a must-have for this year. I think Dylan Brown looks like a strong competitor, though, against him um, if you wanted to be go cheaper. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, while Munster might be the number one guy, but right now, again, we've got limited cash. You can't have number one in every position at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's it. If you can't, if you can only get Nico Hines at halfback or Cam Munster at 5'8, then I think, you know, you might have to look at Hines and then you get Dylan Brown because you can't afford Munster yet or whatever. Like that, that's not a bad consolation prize, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's- Whereas, you know, and maybe we'll talk about him real soon, but Nathan Cleary, obviously he's back this week. You know, aside from Hines, like there's no one really standing up yet at five uh, sorry, at, at the halfback position. There are a lot of question marks there still. You know, there's a lot of mid range options. You your Sam Walkers, your Toby Sexton's and guys like that who have put up some scores. There's some hope there. There's a lot of expectation with the upcoming draws and things like that, but no one's just stamped themselves as a must have in that position like they used to in 2021 where it was pretty clear after even two weeks like you knew Cleary was just head and shoulders you had to have him straight up yeah you know you knew with the fullbacks turbo well he wasn't available early on but you know you had to have your Patman Housen really early and and Teddy was on fire until Kiri got hurt etc etc so those types of things I, I just don't think they're as clear cut this year you, you look at your other positions sure you know Cam Murray was He's all, he was always a good option, but he was more expensive than a lot of the other picks. That He wasn't David Feeder, he wasn't Angus Crichton, but he, when people dropped down, not many dropped to Murray. They dropped a bit further lo- yeah, down, right, true. to the 500K range, which is kind of funny because obviously you know the, Murray had his own question marks. He'd come back from shoulder surgery as well. Uh, so yeah, just it's testament to how bloody good he is that he's, his rehab's gone so well that he can just come out and do this. <laughs> it's just super impressive. Well, I really think he had a good game last week. Like I, I won't take anything away from him, but I really feel like take that try away from him. I don't feel like that try should be in his score. That was the softest try I think I've ever seen. He didn't do anything special for it, did he? <laughs> no, it was. Um, I think it was the two pretty decent defenders too standing there, and they. I think it was TKO maybe and um, Bradley. Was Bradley, the yeah, and they just sort of kind of just didn't. I think there's some sort of miscommunication. I don't know what was going on, but they didn't even really touch him. He just sort of walked between, ran between them. Yeah, I think Murray was surprised he got through. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty soft. So, but yeah, he looked good. He does look good. I don't think he's that urgently a must-have because you know, the, another uh, second row, second row will come out and score a hundred points this week, and then everyone will think that he's the next must-have. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always been the the one to try temper expectations and not talk about must-haves. Like, I hardly ever use that word, yep. basically. Yep. I will say I think Nico is, though. So. It's hard to argue based on what we've seen so far. He's just touching the ball so often in, in so many good areas yep. and, you know, everything good's coming off his out of his hands and he's off his very right busy. Yeah. He's around everything. Even when he's not expecting the ball, he's following up everyone else like a 
support player. He's just, he's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a must-have. Been so good to watch for sure. Yeah. But, you know, again, you look at the other positions, like aside from Pappenhausen obviously stood up and, and had his best game so far, and that's why he's the only fullback right now in in that top 10 averages. That's um, crazy. Payne Haas, obviously, we, we knew that was going to be the case, so that wasn't so, too surprising. But Isaiah Papali has been great. But, again, he's still got the shadow of Ryan Madison hanging over him, right? Mm. Maddo's back on the bench now, so who knows what's what that rotation is going to look like. And, you know, that's my main hesitation if you don't have him. Like, you've been loving the fact that he's banged out a 72.3 average, basically in base, base attack. He's not got any major attacking stats yet, so that's fantastic. But... He needs those minutes to continue to be able to hold that up yeah. confidently. I feel like so. he's going under the radar big time just because he was that little bit extra priced, and now obviously because there, you know, as you do mention, there is a bit of concern about his um, whether he keeps that position or whether Madison comes in, slides in, and starts at the prop. But yeah, yeah, I definitely don't mind him as an option because the Eels have a nice draw coming up, and if he's going to get some attacking stats, then you know we know he can get it done, and that's when he went on this massive run at the start of last year. So absolutely get him as an option too but i guess my, my overall point is that there's no real standouts aside from a couple of names like your, your nico hines and probably your harry grant at, at hooker mm. assuming he comes back nice and healthy from his covid stint yeah it, it just i think that's characterizing 2022 so far like there's been no dead set standouts that you had to lock in you know again aside from a handful of names and I think that's why there's so much fluctuation, there's so much compression in the supercoach scoring for the ranks as well, because different players are going big. And if you didn't have one guy this week and you had him next week, you know maybe he scored 40 one week and then yeah. you know 90 the next. And that's why over the two rounds they'll match someone else who scored 50 and then 80 the following week or whatever. So there's a lot of names that are kind of doing that, and therefore we're all really jammed, really close together ranking wise. But that brings me to the next topic where I feel, and this is just my gut feel, looking across the trades that we're seeing, there's a lot of super coach FOMO going on. Mm. You know, people who are just absolutely terrified of missing out on so-and-so's next big score. Yeah. Right. I'm guilty of it myself. I've got heaps of the players that I'm not necessarily going to jump on, but I've do have that fear of missing out on plenty of them. But yeah, look, there is a, I see a lot of people wanting to do very sideways things and kind of even backwards things, you know what I mean? Like selling, you know, almost three guns just to bring in two and a half guns because but those two guns that they're bringing in are performing really well at the moment. They're just being really impatient with the guys that they do have. Um, I think people just, yeah, I think we need to try and be a little bit patient with some of our guns. You kind of think, like it's the trade boosts that have enabled a lot of us, right? Yeah, I think that trade boost, that's that's it, man. I think um, it get, just gets people really sort of thinking like where they're like, oh, well, hold on, I could do that as well and I don't want to miss out on that. Well, I better do it now. And yeah, that seems like there'll be – my vibe is that there – I said to you before we started recording, there'll be quite a few people without trade boosts before any of the buys. I reckon they won't have used them and may even be able to use them for round 13 buy. And that's the thing, right? That's crazy. Again, when we didn't have trade boosts, right, what happens when you, your two trades couldn't get you the player you wanted? You either went with someone else or you made one of the trades and then the week after you made another downgrade to free up coin and got that guy in later. 
So you just had to wait a week, right? Yeah, I think that's where the patience needs to come in. I think those trade boosts, I've tried, I haven't used one of mine yet. I've got a pretty clear strategy of how I want to use them. And I'm thinking, um, although I'm, you know, feeling pretty glum about my season now, I've got to play the long game and think that, you know, some of my strategy might work come back end. But yeah, I'm thinking I want to save, um, I'll give it up. I'll share my strategy. I'm thinking I want to use, you know, everyone's like, I want to use one before round 13 and one before round 17. Well, I want to use two before round 13 and two before round 17. So I'm boosting up hard for buys. You know what I mean? The round before and yep. the round before that. You know what I mean? So it'd be like round 12 and round 13, I'd be buying hard, boosting um, yep. and then round 17 and round 18 and then saving one for potentially the last round or or if I needed to shoot up a bit quicker somewhere else towards the back end. Yeah, but that's my sort of strategy. I think, And otherwise... Maybe um, there'll be a week where we get hit with COVID and you'll just have to sacrifice and use some of them rather than saving and planning to do them for buyers because I think that could be a thing too. We haven't really been hit that hard yet with it. Well, yeah, I think that's that's something that people are forgetting. The initial reason for the trade boost was to help you cover for late COVID outs and things like that. Obviously, right now we've been lucky enough that most of the time the COVID outs have happened not on game day, you know, you found it out, you found out early enough for Harry Grant, for example, you knew well in advance so that you can pivot and make yeah. decisions to change your team, your trade-ins or whatever. So you're not finding out like literally three hours before game day, before, you know, final team lists for that game. It seems like that's been lucky so far, even though obviously we don't feel that way when people have lost Harry Grant for a week, you know, mm. uh, when people had Brad Schneider sit out for a week and then they traded him out for whatever reason. Yeah, one, that's or, no or, biggie you know. one player. When I reckon when we find out you've got, there'll be like five, six players in our side, you know what I mean, that have all been hit with COVID one week. And that's when we're, it's like, whoa, I've got to use three and who am I going to do it? Do I, you know, what do I do? How am I going to cover this? Well, as someone who's got multiple roosters, hearing Trent Robinson get COVID mm-hmm. and, you know, he's obviously been around training and stuff like that. So I'm just crossing my fingers that no one else gets ruled out basically because if I lose, you know, if I lose Teddy as well as Billy Smith or whoever else I've got from the roosters in my team, like that's going to hurt. Yeah. And I can imagine, you know, other people have even more roosters than I do. So Yeah, I had quite a yeah. few. I um, culled two of them last week, unfortunately, because I think it's going to come bite me on the bum. I really feel like, and I think I'm going to be losing another rooster possibly this week, but I feel like they're going to come really, really good. And they're like what I was predicting of them just hammering sides is going to just happen. And they'll be that really upsidey sort of team that you, you know, that can really hammer a big score in for you one week. But I feel like I can't be patient for that. I don't, I want the consistency. Yeah. Look, I totally get where you're coming from. And I think this comes back to my original thought here that let's try not make too many sideways trades. I know it feels great when you've got 40 trades or whatever. Mm. Maybe you've saved one or two or even three trades so far. So you feel like you've got that luxury. But I think we've got to remember, you know, it's a long season with a lot that could go wrong. Uh, It's not just your standard suspensions and injuries like this COVID situation is not going to quickly resolve it seems unfortunately whether you agree with that or not those are the rules we're playing within and we've got to be prepared for it so yeah like i said it's handy to have that trade boost and it's tempting to just you know hit go and make that sideways trade to bring that extra player in or whatever but i think we've got to temper our expectations look it's not the end of the world if you have to wait one week for the guy that you want 
And, you know, for me, that's really something that's speaking very directly to my heart right now because I might not be able to get Harry Grant into my team because I, I was really wanting to do Chris Randall to Harry Grant this week. Yep. But I might not be able to do that because the right player wasn't named for me to to, to fund it. I, I'm going to be like, you know, not too far off, like 40K short or whatever. So if I hit trade boost, I can do it. But I'm really, really trying to be patient and go, no, yeah. I'm not going to. I think a party needs to be really patient. If it's just because, oh, I want to get three, I can't decide, I'll just get them all. I think that's the really sort of like uh, to piggish sort of way to be. You know what I mean? Like you've got to, if you've got, You've got to spread the rations, you know what I mean? You don't want to eat all the food in the one day. You've got to spread it through the week. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a weird metaphor, but, yeah, I just feel like people rushing to just do those three trade boosties, yeah, I feel like it's a bit, it's a bit, a bit chaotic, and I think that's the way that some of us who don't use the boosts or save the boosts might be able to get ahead when there is chaos. All right, before we finish up this section, I wanted to – touch on one of the questions we got from the champs discord and it's from harry how far is too far behind uh look it's such early days isn't it i mean unless you're literally a thousand points behind honestly do you think a thousand points you could still catch up by the end of the season no no nah, thousands too much right because that's like you've missed a whole round basically and i mean do you know what to be fair you could still have a good season because I went back when I looked at my scores and having won last year compared to a lot of other people's scores, I was like, oh, I beat him by a round easily, you know, like 1,500 or I beat this guy by 1,600 or whatever, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but that doesn't mean you're going to beat the guy that's in second. So um, That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so maybe a 1,000 you think is a bridge too far. Bridge too far. Look, I, just, I honestly don't think it is right now, not this year. And the reason for that is I think a lot of the teams up the top, I don't know if they're sustainable, if I could put it that way. I've, I haven't looked at every single team, so. Oh, there'd be, an, there'd be if there's with it, throughout there's many of teams that are amongst the top echelon of teams, there'd be some that are decent enough that know what they're doing and they're, yeah, they're, that are on but, the right track and are ahead, already ahead and have some good things going and can make some luxury. But they might, they might only be 500, 600 points ahead of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, good. Probably not a thousand. Because again, when was the last time someone who was in the top 10, 20 by round three actually managed to stick it out all to the end? Like it's, it's the, it's the minority for sure. So, so I'm just looking at it now. I'm um, 2,913 points overall. Yep. And the guy in first is 3,429. So, so that's what? 510? Yeah. Roughly. I think, I mean, for me, I'm in 24K, I'm 530 points from first right now. And I don't see that as too far at all. Like I said, I chances are the teams up the top aren't going to hang around. And Well, I won by 400 points on second last year. But then again, I don't feel confident. Then I try to put it that way and be like, oh, well, you know, you're just giving everyone a 500 point head start that's in up the top there. That's okay. But it doesn't work like that because I was killing it to start with. I was coming 2000th last year. I was really happy with my side this time last year and now I'm coming 22,000 and there's a lot of things I see wrong with my side and I don't know what priorities to make and I feel like I'm panicking and I'm trying to um yeah like you can go you can go a bit silly and panic when you're not doing well it's like I guess NRL coaches who chop and change their side every week so to be fair like you had the biggest winning margin ever so you know don't don't think 400 plus points is normal there's been plenty of times where it's come down to less than 10 points 
or within 50, 100, 150. So that's probably more normal. So let's just put that in context there, Tim. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like the last year was a different beast. So I don't think that anyone's going to win by more than 100 this year even. I think it'll be pretty close still. Yeah, look, it's probably too early in the season to judge that. But look, look even looking at it, right, so... If you were ranked 50,000th, you're only 228 points to get to the top 10,000. If you're 24,000 like me, you're only 530 points from first. So honestly, that's hardly anything. Yeah, so if you're good at long term, you only kind of need to make up sort of like 20 points on average, you know, just on the better sides and each week. And that's not that hard to do. That's just simply, no. you can simply do that by spending five more minutes than you normally would having a closer look at your bench and deciding which is the best bench to play because you always end up leaving points on the bench. You know what I mean? Well, that's it. And so every time you do that, someone else is going to do that too. And I'm sure you and I can both speak to the fact that when we were sitting in first, we left hundreds and hundreds of points hard. on the bench. Yep. Yeah. So it will happen. And it's way too early to think about giving up. That's for sure. doesn't matter how far you are. I, like, like I said, I honestly don't think a thousand points is too far at all. Yeah. So look, to anyone who's listening, look, I need to, I actually need to give a disclaimer. I am a massive negative Nancy. Um, I'm very <laughs> glass half full. I only do things that I'm good at. And if I'm not good at them, I pretty much put them away straight away. Um, and because I'm good at, I consider this is the one thing I'm, kind of good at and I'm not doing so well I'm pretty discouraged but look it's it's not the end of the world anyone who is in 20,000 30,000 40,000 you can definitely still win guy who was that came 11th last year that wasn't too far off me at all was probably only about 500 points off and that was only because I had a smashing year so let's just call that in this day and age 200 points off he, he was like ranked 50,000th or something like that at about this point so yeah you can definitely come back it's it's just nail the captains you just got to get more things right than you get wrong and at the moment I feel like I've got a f more things wrong than I've gotten right compared to other people but we've got you know there's 25 rounds we've got another 22 rounds to make better decisions than other people are so just try and I feel like what I'm trying to do is get nail things and get things right but whereas last year I was just trying to not make mistakes um, and I think that's where your head's got to be is try not to make mistakes rather than to try and get everything right. I don't know if that makes sense to or resonate to no, anyone. I think, it's but, a fair, yeah. I think it's a fair call. And I think probably the other thing is don't get too caught up in what other people are doing Yeah, um, because that's where people, I think, yeah, that's where a lot of the FOMO comes from. And totally trust yourself too because if, I'll tell you now, if I trusted myself, my siding side would have been a lot different. I would not have had Sam Walker in my side. I would not. Okay, I wouldn't. Um, okay, that oh, that's come from a. I won't say who, but someone convinced me into that one, and it's someone I respect. Um, and I should have just trusted myself. But Red Marnie, I bloody trusted my hairdresser of all people. My hairdresser told me because he like he knows Red Marnie or something. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, he's gonna have a massive year, man. Like, he's you know, he's gonna have a massive year. And I'm like, all right, all right. So, you know what I mean? Like, you don't listen to your haircut. And I'll, and if you're listening, Ross, I'll be asking for, for at least 50% off on Friday when I come in. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's take a quick break. Manscaped has the full package you need for autumn cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like fresh. 
to start off your cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shaving on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. After clearing your nose, make sure to get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver spray-on toner for your balls. Keep your boys from sticking to your leg and leave them smelling like fresh flowers, like my jacket you may have seen recently. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using a lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. This week also marks the start of the Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code champions at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations, the rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. All right, that's a lot of strategy chat just before. We're going to go through these game previews. We might have to go through a little bit quicker than we normally do. But look, starting off Thursday night, Titans and the Tigers. So Titans have a couple of shuffles, uh, obviously losing Jaden Campbell. Not great. Phil Sammy's also out with COVID. They do get back Corey Thompson, it seems, which is good for them. Uh, there's a little bit of a question mark, I believe, for Alexander Brimson. But look... You know, the Tigers, they're, they're in all sorts, aren't they? Yeah, we're worried about them, especially with the loss of Utakamanu up front. I think they're just uh, looking like a team really struggling. I think they need to... Oh, I think everyone just needs to leave them alone. Some team's got to be the worst team, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, oh, I'd be staying away from most of them, super coach, unless it's mainly like that tour luggy that we've got. I'd, everyone else I wouldn't be interested in. I think I'm with you there. But so if you had Dave Feeder. I mean, he's my vice captain this week, so... Yeah, he's got to be due, right? He was my captain last week, so I'm hesitant to not put it on him because I was watching him very intently and he wasn't getting the ball as much as I wanted. And But you'd think, you know, he is that flat-track bully and I think he's... Yeah, this is if, he wasn't, if I thought he was due last week, he's overdue this week. So he's probably a great shout for a VC. I think what was really encouraging was he had 14 runs last week and that's his season high in his whole 2021 season. Obviously, this mixes in some of his bench games and non-80-minute games, but he averaged 13.2 runs per game last year. So he's on the mark. So I'm pretty confident in him. If I still had him, definitely not, would not not be selling him. Like, you've obviously lost a bit of cash on him already. So just stick fat. He's going to come good. And yeah, good signs there for him. Uh, for the Sharks and the Knights, look, obviously, uh, the Sharks have a bit of a question mark in the back line. I mean, Talakai playing centers. I mean, he's a big boy right now. Mm. He's, I don't know. I, I was questionable with him playing on the edge. Like, I thought he was, he'd kind of, I don't know if he intentionally bulked up, but he looked bigger. 
and I thought he was going to be Who's playing. he going to be matched up again? I'm trying to do the visual in my head. So Ramian plays on the right, Talakai will be on the left. Gagai. Gagai plays on the right. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know, right? That's what I thought him was. Nightmares. I was thinking Best would still give him nightmares, but Gagai, Gagai's got the smarts for it, you know? And I think... Uh, and- He's in such good form too, right? Mm. It's scary. Mm. I'm looking at it going, look, Gagai's going to cost you an arm and a leg, but it could really pay off if he does get to match up against Talakai. I'm, I'm looking, obviously, in... The extended bench, and they do have Mawini Hiroti there, who's uh, played in, obviously, he's, he's had a number of games in first grade, so he's not an absolute rookie. Uh, but outside of him, I think, I mean, Jensen Talmo, Talmo Po, hopefully haven't butchered his name too much, but he's also... I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> he's also an outside back, though. I think he plays centre as well, but I doubt he's going to get blooded against Dan Gagai. So uh, I genuinely think it's either going to be Hiroti or Talakai getting slaughtered by Dean Gagai so not a good start for them but look Nico Hines if you didn't get on last week is it too late no uh, there's certain players that you just have to go oh, I've got to do it you know what I mean and he like if you didn't get some players last year you missed out Nico Hines was one of them last year he's going to be one of them again this year even though he's more expensive playing a different club he's the man he's more the man at the Sharks than he was over so even though the role's different he's now the man so that makes up for it um, and he's easy on fire yep 100% agree with that one it's not too late get him in before he gets even more expensive uh, so aside from that I mean the Sharks look keep an eye on Cam McInnes he's still coming off the bench his minutes are growing each week so it's only a minute, matter of time now Teague Bolton obviously you know averaging 81 from his two games so far he started on fire mm. I don't know if he's is it too late to get him in? Is Because Wade Graham's not too far away. Well, he's obviously going to have his price rise. He's only played the two games, so he might be the next one to you know to jump on. If he, Instead of people wanting to go Fermore or Nanai, maybe. Maybe you could go Wilton because he hasn't had the price rise yet. But that makes sure that way you don't feel like you've missed out. But yeah, I don't know how yeah. secure he is. Um, look, I personally feel like Wade Graham's going to struggle to put together too many games. He just seems like he's the poor bloke's plagued by injuries so uh, it does doesn't yeah it? <laughs> a part of me feels like he's kind of secure in a way but i don't hate to give some bad advice if he wasn't oh look there's some there's some kind of similar isaiah papali'i type vibes with it right yeah if he yeah yeah gets that spot and holds it he's probably not a bad shout like uh, at the very least you got a couple of weeks where he's going to give you an, uh, a price rise and then with Wade Graham's back and he's coming off the bench or whatever, then you're probably happy. If he's not, like if he's playing this well and continuing to play this well, then how does Fitzgibbon bench him? Mm. Maybe Nakora's the one who has to move back. Who knows? I couldn't see Nakora moving back, but I'd like I'd like to see. Yeah, I'd, I like that comparison you made of like Isaiah Papali. It could be like a, a Wilton one where you kind of just stay off him because you're worried he's going to lose his spot. And if you... But he ends up keep jumping up, and if he keeps performing, you know, he, people might be like, "Oh well, bugger it! I'll have to jump on him in at six hundred k because he's just doing that well." You know what I mean? He's not Isaiah Papali'i, but he could be. No, <laughs> and look, I think Isaiah Papali'i twenty twenty one. That's hardly going to happen. Yeah, that was a whole. Like, different let's, thing. let's be real, but we're all searching for that diamond in the rough. Aren't we, we are, we are. <laughs> look, especially me because I'm pretty desperate at this point. But yeah, let's uh, let's keep digging and see what we can find. Huh? Let's move on for the Knights. Look, obviously Brody Jones named to start on that edge. We know Barnett's gone for six weeks now. Fitz Fitznibbon, mm. <laughs> Lachlan Fitznibbon apparently is going to be out for up to eight weeks. So he's, I think it's already been one or two weeks that he would have missed already. So it could be an extended run here. And the question is, is how many minutes does Brody Jones get? I don't feel like I want to jump on straight away. Nah. I need to see how this is going to work. 
So that's the word of warning there. Uh, so yeah, how much is he cheap? Right, two something. It's two fifty somewhere around there. Yeah, so. he could be handy, but he's definitely one we've got to have a look at. See how he goes. Actually, two seventy five. Yeah, two seventy five. So not super cheap, but you know we've seen him when he gets that big minute role. He's been quite good for super coach. Yeah, he does look like a great worker. So I do think like you can base like you go. Oh yeah, if you had if you felt like you just needed to downgrade you're doing something to fund something you probably could go early on it but i wouldn't i yeah. wouldn't unless it was for that reason yeah i think you'd want to see yeah and i think the the mail from wacko at the start of the season was that he had been hearing from the knights that until Brody jones got injured he was actually looking as the potential starter for that left edge position over everyone else including fitznibben wow um so i i like his prospects if he gets 80 minutes, I think he's going to be one of the guys I'll be targeting as a downgrade next couple of weeks, basically. Yeah, for sure. Let's have a look at that. Like a Nanai in two weeks, three, two weeks' time could be a perfect downgrade to Brody Jones when Nanai's maxed out. Mm, I don't have Nanai. I'm a bit upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on before you get too more upset yeah. on that one. Panthers and Rabbitohs, you Panthers. How are you feeling? Nathan Cleary, the saviour. I will, I will I will give you a gut feeling. I, I'm going to tell you, uh, this is the first time I've felt not confident about the Panthers in a very long time. Um, I've got a feeling that we, I don't know what it is, it's just on paper maybe. The forwards look thin. And the bench, I've got a feeling that the Bunnies might do us, mate. I think that they're looking, they're looking a bit rough the first couple of weeks, but we've got Trell back, and I think Ilias and Walker will start combining better. And I really like it. I think the Bunnies are a good side. I'm very nervous. I I think this will be a close game, man. And I've got a feeling the Bunnies might beat our Panthers. I feel if you get Fisher-Harris back and Liam Martin back, that will change things a little bit. I'd be a lot more confident yeah, if you had yeah, those two sure, back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. There's certainly a little bit of hesitation. You know, Matt Eisenhuth, Spencer Lenny, Scott Sorensen's not exactly screaming out for, <laughs> you know, mm. striking fear into the hearts of the opposition pack, basically, compared to your Fisher Harris's and Liam Martin's, who, let's face it, they're both nut jobs. <laughs> but look, Nathan Cleary. Uh, am I right to say, based off what you're saying, you, you don't think he's a trade-in this week? Oh, look, I think oh, I'd be super happy to jump on him straight away. I just can't do it. I I was wanting to. That was p- kind of my plan. I was even thinking I'd, you know, sacrifice the world for Cleary, whether that meant going against everything I believe in and selling like Fafita or downgrading Fafita and downgrading Reed Marnie just to get Cleary. But I was going to do that at the expense of selling Schneider. But now I see that Snyder's doing all right and he's going to make some money. I can't sell him early. So I feel like I just need to be patient and realize I can't have every toy. And if I, if I want to play with every other, other people's toys, I can play with other people's toys later. You know what I mean? So I'll get yeah. I'll get Cleary. You know, if someone gets Cleary this week and he kills it, I'd like to be the guy that's like, yeah, I got Cleary this week and he nailed it. But look, if I have to get him week two, week three, week four of his run, I mean, that's more like round four, round five, round six, I should say. But... Yeah, so be it. But I don't think I can make it happen. But I think, man, no dramas. There's people who are like, oh, I don't know, soldier surgery and the new game and a lot of the high performers haven't gone, you know, gone so well. And That's me. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, rubbish that. I, I, like, there's not many things I like to stand on a pedestal and like blatantly believe in and say because I don't like to give anyone too much hope in something and then they're like, oh, you were wrong and I'd be ruined my life. You know, so, um, but Cleary is one thing. I think he will come out and he will match Nico or even Trump, you know what I mean, easily. Like he'll be doing hundreds every week, every week. It's a bold call. Yeah. 
I'd like to see it first, that's all. I'm a little bit nervous about this week because I've got a weird feeling we might lose. So I think we might get an 80 or 89 out of him this week, but every other week it'd be 100. So, yeah, you can take an 80 or an 89 out of him if you're rushing him in. You still wouldn't be that upset with that. I don't know, though. Like, you're paying 110 or whatever his average is. Yeah, but I think you'll get 110 the week after when he plays the dogs. So rush him in next week. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Look, you, you can have a look. Yeah, you don't have to. It just feels fun to. There's people I, look, going totally and I'm jealous that. of them. I'll just say I'm jealous. It definitely feels fun to. And this is what we talked about, FOMO. Don't have it. Yeah. yeah. Just just got to – I think you're, you're playing with toys and other people's toys analogy was weirdly – I don't know. It was weirdly accurate, mm. even though I was, wasn't was sure where you are going for a while. But Coming from the, in the Western suburbs, like obviously when you're a young kid, you didn't have all the nice toys. So some of your friends might have had some of the nicer toys and you had to just play with your crap toys. But when, when you go to their house, you can play with their toys sometimes. But, yeah, so <laughs> that's how I look at it. Yeah. You've got to be patient. Yeah. Wait your turn to play with someone else's toys and then you can make them your toys when you're playing with them. Look, the way I see it is, you know, most of us, I'd say, a lot of us, or will either this week or next week, will have Nico Hines and Brad Schneider. For context, Brad Schneider, he, in two rounds, scored the same number of points that Sam Walker scored in three. So wow. he's actually not just a rookie, he's actually scoring really well for Supercoach. And he only had two tries this last week, one with a line break assist, I think. So it's not like it was just bulk attacking stats. That goal kicking does make a difference, and he's not too bad at it. So I actually think Schneider is not only you know, uh, one of the potential best money makers for this year. Yeah, you can't get rid of him. I just think you know if you're going to get Cleary, then you got to move Nico to fullback, basically. Well, that's my conundrum, and I was like, and I can't do it. I can't like people would be like, oh, you could sell Teddy, and I've got my younger brother who's you know doing pretty well in Supercoach, who's considering that. I'm like you can't tell Teddy, maybe like as soon as you do it, he'll pump out bigger score than the guy that you brought in. Like whether that'll be Cleary or Nico or whatever. So I, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't forego. Tedesco just that feels like I mean I look at it this way right he scored 64 last week and he played like rubbish mm. like that was a shocking game from Teddy and he's still in 64 so it'll click sooner rather than later I think and if that does then Teddy's putting up the hundreds and you know sure Nico's doing it as well but it's just a question of whether you think Teddy's more likely to hit 100 straight up or do you think Cleary first game back is going to hit up that 100 and you could be right, and, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, well, I'd like to have a look at it first. I think Teddy, if I had said this preseason, everyone would have gone, oh, of course. Um, but I think Teddy will still average more than Nico. But if I said that now, people would be like, what? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I still yeah. I, I still think Teddy will um, average more. And it's perfectly valid, yeah. Mm, I think he'll come All right, let's keep it moving. Look, obviously, I think there's a, there's a lot of names here. I mean, Cam Murray. I think we're not going to label him a must-have, but he's going to have those games where he's going to go big. Him and Cookie seem to have that combo going again. Like I, you know, I've compared this season a lot to 2020, and Cookie and Murray had a great combination in 2020. He's going to go up a bit this week, isn't he? He's like a got a B of about six or nine, or pretty low. But look, let's not forget the Panthers are the stingiest team for Supercoach points yeah, scored against. Yeah, I wouldn't they feel are so good about that. Score points against. Yeah. Um, so I'm not looking to bring in any bunnies at the moment. I'm not going to look at them until round five, round six, when their draw just absolutely opens up. Smart. So you know, that's a chat for another week. <laughs> okay, uh, let's keep moving. Warriors and Broncos. Obviously, this is in Redcliffe. The Warriors, uh, no, no major changes. Obviously, there's a question mark over Elisa Katoa, who had a bit of an eye injury, a bit of a concern. He's been named, but I 
probably wanting to keep a close eye on that. <laughs> Sorry, you go. No, I just like that. Keep you, keep you, I don't know. You just had an eye injury. You want to keep a close eye on it. I thought you were doing a joke. Uh, that's. I didn't even realize I did that. So <laughs> the dad joke is strong in me. It just comes out naturally. <laughs> Uh, on the Broncos, they do have some injury concerns. Obviously, their back row is trashed. I mean, Keenan Palacio is not a edge back row, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, that means Ryan James is starting. So, look. Have you heard the news? What, what's the news? Brennan Piacura. Oh, yeah. Devastated. <sighs> Devastated. After six weeks out. So, probably should have mentioned that earlier. But, yeah, did his hammy last week. And, obviously, yeah, not great. I have him. So, and I think a lot of other people have him too. We did say it was a potential risk to do that. Yeah, but I've got Jack Howarth doing nothing, so it's not like you're not the only one who's got enough-ish yeah. player sitting there, not earning you any cash. But like I said, I think the Broncos played an absolutely worst, like their clear worst game of the season. This will this game will be very telling, you know, whether or not they're going to be an improved side from last year, or even the year before, or if they're going to be more of the same. So I think it's going to be high scoring, actually. That's my gut feel. I think there's going to be some points on from both teams. Yep. Okay. I like it. All right. Sea Eagles and the Raiders. So this is over in Mudgee. Now, the Seagulls, I have to say, were not very convincing, I don't think. Um, in they, they got the W against the Bulldogs, but, geez, it was tough work, wasn't it? Oh, Jake um, Trevojevic, he was just happy to get the win, mate. <laughs> yeah, look, I think yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great, but. They needed that win and they got it. So that's all that matters. I think they'll start to improve. They're slow starters last year. Even I know they didn't have Turbo last year at the start of the season, but I just think they're just slow starters generally. I'd rather be a slow starter and come home strong like them rather than be a strong starter like Para and fall apart at the end. Sorry, Para. <laughs> Fair enough. So is it, is it, is it, it's turbo time. Yeah, it could be. Is it turbo time? It could be. It could be turbo time. <laughs> it could be. Do, I wonder whether it is turbo time this week or, I mean, I can't do it. I've got other bigger fish to fry, but it's on pretty soon, isn't it? It'd be fun to do it when we do it. I think he's going to hit it. I just want to see it first. Like, not that turbos look bad. Like, he's just not looked anything like he did last year, honestly. Do you think, yeah, I think I could be, I want to try and be a little bit more patient and see if I can get him cheaper still. But then again, there's that um, part where do you be patient and wait or do you just jump on him sooner rather than later when he starts whacking and killing and, and hammering it and nobody really has him. His break even still 240. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I want him to go down a little bit more then. I think I'll be patient. His ownership dropped, I mean, I think in round two, it was sitting around 20%. So it's down to 12% now. So people are selling, yep. again, off him. But I mean, I kind of think like you've committed to this. You've already lost uh, like 173,000. Do you just hold? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If, if, uh, if, I, if I had turbo and didn't sell last week, I'm 100% holding. Yeah. 100%. I kind of feel like that too. Right. I think I just, I just suck it up and deal with it. The only way I'd say no to that is if you could sell turbo and in that cash, you can go turbo down to Pappenhausen and then you can also get Harry Grant and also Cam Munster or Nico Hines all in one hit. Oh, I don't think that would work still. It's not, they're still very expensive. No, but I'm just saying, if you somehow had the cash, oh, okay, and you, yeah, 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 that work, yeah, 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 yeah that sound all right. That might be worth it. You know, you turn one gun in turbo into three, like you know, turbo down to Pappenhausen is still going to give you almost four hundred thousand. Wow. So you could do that, and then like Sam Walker up to Nico Hines, probably only about two hundred. Couldn't do grand. it after I've already lost that two hundred k on it. I just, I did have to hold it. I couldn't yeah. do it. 
You just have to be, I'd be stubborn with it and just wait for those big scores. And when I got those big scores, I'd get on all the Facebook pages and be like, oh, I've got turbo. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is where like I'm torn, obviously, because I was stubborn with Ryan Pappenhausen last year, right? I should have just sucked up my mistake. And look, around about round 14, 15, I did say, yep, I've made the mistake. I need to suck it up now. But then I held Pappenhausen anyway for the meme mm. um, just for the rest of the season. <laughs> but this is where I'm thinking, like, like, genuinely, if you go, look, I made a mistake with Marnie. I made a mistake with Sam Walker. I made a mistake with Turbo. And then Turbo becomes Pappenhausen, Sam Walker, and Harry Grant from those three players. I, I would do that. I just think that fixes three areas and you could it just solves a lot of issues and then you can get to Yeah, I'll tell you, man. Yeah. yeah. But I t- look, I totally get it from where you're coming from. And if if I would only do it if you could get three absolute top shelf guns like that. Um, otherwise I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. From the Raiders, it's a I don't what what are the Raiders, right? <laughs> they they lose twenty two point to nil in the first half and then they win the second half 24 to nil against the titans last week yeah it was a weird game i could feel it happening though i was watching that game with one of the 360 boys guy and yeah we're kind of like i feel like they're gonna come back here let's check the score let's, have, let's see how much they are five dollars fifty and we thought it'd be like three dollars twenty and we we're like oh we should jump on we didn't but um yeah i could feel it happening it was weird uh, it was definitely a weird one but look, Tom Starling, I've got him, obviously. I was a big fan. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but do you think he's, you know, would would someone go like a Randall to Starling or something like that? I don't mind that, actually. Yeah, I think he's handy. I I, I think you'd do that if you've, like, not got much else you need to fix. Like, you're, you're killing it pretty much across the board. I think that's a, a pretty nice trade, but I think it's a luxury trade. It's definitely a luxury trade, that's for sure. Yeah. But like, I see it as... If Starling does end up being a second hooker, like I don't think you could get anyone else at three hundred seventy-seven thousand. Oh, yeah, happy to put that him. could end up being a fifty-five, sixty average for the rest of the season. Yeah, so that's the only reason I'm thinking it would be a good time to do it now because I mean, break-even wise, like Randall's higher break-even at twenty-two than Starling at eleven. So that's kind of why I think that might be it'd be a good week to do it basically. Mm. But yeah, outside of that, I'm. You know, I'm pretty happy I've got him, and that's why I'm trying to get Harry so I can have both. Yeah, that sounds like a really nice. <laughs> have my hookers for this. I'd be I'd be stoked to have that for the rest of the season, and, and Starling plays around 13 as well. You so wouldn't have to touch it exactly. again either. I, yeah, I, I guess you know, provided the the minutes hold up for Starling, and and he keeps playing the way he does. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, then for the Cowboys and the Roosters, this is in Townsville. So the Cowboys off a big win. They're currently second on the ladder. Um, to be fair, they haven't played the toughest teams as yet. So this is probably going to be their toughest test. We talked about Tommy Did and he started out absolutely on fire. Do you think it's sustainable or are we expecting a, a crash soon? Is it as soon as this week? I don't know if it's like a necessarily a crash. I think he's a, a good little footballer. I just think he just doesn't have the... He's not sexy and he doesn't have the pizzazz, so people don't like him as much as Nico Hines, obviously. But he's not as good as Nico Hines as football, obviously. But, yeah, he's a very, very good little footy player. Um, I don't think he's necessarily overly super coach relevant, even though he's killing it at the moment. I think that will come back quite a fair bit. So, yeah, I wouldn't be jumping on him at all. The Cowboys are one of the sides I'm probably most off. I I just have no faith in their team. I look at it and just think, there's only like one nice thing in there. Oh, like two, Holmes and Tal Malolo, and the rest of it's pretty like, ugh. except for the young guys coming through like Nanai and 
Um, I was going to say, come on, Gilbert, give, Gilbert, give and that and, open respect. Nanai yeah. and that Gilbert guy, all those guys, but the rest of it across, like, yeah, Hammer Say for Those, no thanks. And yeah, just Townsend, just, yeah, look, I'm, just, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys, but um, they're too far away. No, they're pretty close <laughs> to you, though, I guess. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that's a weird take. I mean, I don't know, do you like the Warriors more or the, town, <laughs> the Cowboys more? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all that aside, so you do still like Tamalolo or what's your feeling? Yeah, I reckon him? he's all right. He looks all right. I think he, yeah, he passing right. the eye test. Yeah, I know I've normally off Lolo, but I think he looks all right. I don't mind him. I think he's doing a good enough job. I didn't like, I mean, sure, he, he played 51 minutes and straight, so he didn't come off and then he didn't come back on. And that's fair enough because of the scoreline. So wrapped in cotton wool, I totally get that. Why play your weapon if you don't have to? But what I'm not happy about was he, I mean, he just didn't get through that much work. 51 minutes, he only scored 39 base, base attack. His score in the end of 59 was saved because he had a, a line break assist try assist. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that to me is not very Lolo-like. And again, maybe it's because the Broncos were rubbish and he didn't need to do anything or whatever, but that's still not. In the past, Lolo would still eat them up. You know, he'd love to give it to the Broncos and just mm. score heaps of points by doing it. It's just not Lolo-like. Yeah, he's sense. not someone so, I'd be targeting at all, but if he's someone I had, I wouldn't be necessarily in a great rush to get rid of him. I think he can do, yeah. do enough of a job at the price he got him for. I think he's handy. Yep, totally agree. It's definitely a hold. Look, are we talking roosters? They're a hold. I mean, Sam Walker's... Uh, I sold Sammy Walker last week because I had to do it to get Nico. Likewise. And yep. I just couldn't be... Yeah, I just could be patient with... Um, I like Sam Walker. He's exciting when he, you know, really injects himself and the roosters punish a side and they beat a side by 30, 40 points. Yeah, you know, you're loving that game. But I just with the comparison of how much Nico's touching the, hot, the ball, I needed to get off him. I've got Kiri as well. I, I've realised I probably need to just get off him as well and swallow my pride. I know there's going to be big scores in there over the next, you know, you know, two months when he's he got a pretty easy draw. But I think I just need to just cop that and be like, all right, he'll score 100 and maybe 120. And I'll be like, oh, that sucks. I got rid of him. But there will also be those 30s. I don't want 30s or 20s. I can't have that. Yep. It's, not, not, it's not okay. So I need to get rid of that. Going back to the base. So yeah. Yeah, last year I could rely on, yeah, just upside. I'd be more, that's why I think I took in these guys. So I was like, yeah, Roosters are going to smash everyone and it'll just go for max upside. But because they're lacking that base, yeah, those base guys are chewing us up at the moment. Yep. No, I totally agree. And, you know, I sold Joey Manu last week. I was so excited to bring him in midway through round one. And that was because of the fact that basically I thought he was playing right wing and he did for round one and then went back to center. And that wasn't great. So I did have to say goodbye to Joey. He ended up having a pretty good game. But having said that, he didn't score that well considering the attacking stats he got. So I was pretty happy I sold him because I went to. Uh, Bo Firma from him so plenty of points there and uh, Firma I think outscored him so couldn't complain with that one yeah but you know if he's still got Angus Crichton he's a clear sell right he's still on the Definitely bench getting 30 yeah. 40 minutes get him get rid of him yeah all right let's keep it moving so the Storm and the Bulldogs so look Pappenhausen raised the bat last week didn't actually I didn't feel like he was super busy in this game I was just, I was kind of surprised he got to 100 mm. like 
Is that just me or? Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I know what you mean. I remember watching it and I was sort of like stressed out watching him and Munster and I felt like Munster was in a lot more than what he was. But yeah, you know, like he got that try as well and that, so that sort of helped him as well. But yeah, he's handy. He's like, um, he, like I feel like he's always good for around 100 and I was really un, uh, shocked when he got 50 and 71 in the first week, to be honest. I feel like he's a 100 guy, week in, week out. Yeah. Just to be clear though, like in, in rounds one and two, so 50 and seven, 51 and 71, his base and base attack was much lower. So 34 and 17, uh, which is very unpappenhausen like. And you kind of think maybe that ankle was really troubling him. Yeah. This week, 57. Yeah, true, true. 57 in base and base attack, then throw in 16 points in goal kicking. Basically, without any attacking stats, he was already on 73. So yeah. you, can't, you can't really beat that floor. Uh, yeah, it's just the goal kicking on top of what his work rate is, just top notch. So, yeah, I love, I love Paps. How good is yeah, he? Yeah, he's great. <laughs> and look, um, let's talk about Harry, uh, real quick. But actually, I have a quick message here from Harry. G'day, champions. Harry Green here from the Storm. Firstly, I just wanted to say thank you for being such massive supporters of mine. Uh, I heard that you've been raving on about me since uh, I debuted. And- you spent all preseason this year telling everyone to put me in their supercoach teams, so thank you. Uh, now, Catfish, what's this I hear about you suddenly changing your mind last week and then taking me out of your team? Are you serious, mate? You talk all preseason about how I'll be the best hooker in supercoach and that you're starting with me and you don't even last one week before you drop me off from your side. I really hope you regret it, mate. I'm just getting started, so if you're smart, you better get me back into your team straight away. Hopefully not this week because I got COVID, but uh, for the weeks to come. Anyway, cheers again for the support and uh, good luck for the season, champions. So, yeah, we, we did get that message a little bit after we recorded last week. So, yeah, that's why he was talking about him being out with COVID. Yep. But look, I, I really want to do listen to Harry and bring him back into my team. But like I said, I don't think I can without using a trade boost. Yeah, I think you just need to be patient with it and just do it the week after. I promise, I promise, Harry, the week after you'll be in my team, all right? Yeah, look, Harry, I'm probably going to get you this week, mate, so don't worry about that. And that's only because I'm, I've am i got um, Reed Marnie and unless he's going to come around and cut my hair for me as well, he's not in my side. I've to, yeah, I've got, to, I've got to find cash get from Randall to Harry Grant, so... I got some cash in the bank, but just not quite enough without using a trade boost. So I'm going to have to be patient. Wait one more, one more. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement, right? He's going to be the, the guy. He's, he's named to start again. You know, he's probably not going to play 80 every single week, but most weeks I think he's going to be 60, 65 plus. Um, he'll get the odd rest. And if the game's tight and maybe there's a mid-game injury to a forward or whatever, he's going to play 80. That's the way I'm seeing it. So Harry Grant has an extra sense. You know how like we all have like five senses? He has like a sixth sense. He um like he like he always seems looking with his eyes and he's sniffing with his nose. He's always like a very he's a very eyes up footballer, but he's got some sort of other sense. He knows, man. He's uh, he's got something going on. I don't know whether he feels vibrations or what it is, but yes, he's better than the other hookers for sure. He's just got he's just got amazing football IQ. He reads the game so well and just knows when to do stuff like the last great hooker that was at the Melbourne Storm, and and obviously being able to train and learn under him for a year or two. I mean, do his apprenticeship how there? Good. Mm. Definitely. So I can certainly understand why he's got those instincts. And yeah, Indeed. I'm just bloody glad he's a Queenslander, eh? Yeah. Well, Good luck to you. 
You've needed, <laughs> you've needed it, mate. We're pretty ruthless at the moment. Oh, geez, your team is stacked. But look, speaking of stacked, uh, Cam Munster, uh, we talked about him and his haircut before, but look, he had an absolute barnstormer of a game, like 121. Uh, his base and base attack in this game was 67 and 53 in round one. So he's up there in terms of his work it's rate. It's tackle like, busting that does it for me. You know what I mean? Just those little cheap, nasty ones he did, right, a whole bunch of them right towards the end of the game, which were ridiculous. He like bumped off about seven people that just weren't interested in tackling him. He didn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? I don't even know why that's awarded at points. They're, they're points, to be fair. If you walk up to someone and just push him away a little bit, and then crab across to someone else and say, "How about you tackle me instead?" You haven't got past the line. Why are you getting? Why are you getting so many points for that? You know what I mean? I don't get it. But no, look, I, you've got I, to jump I, I on. You've got, where you're going from there. You do understand it? I do. Yeah. I do. Look, you know, we used to laugh forever at Andrew Fafita. Like he knew he was. Like we joked about it. Right? I used to have himself in his team. He captained himself. So in the last five minutes of games, he'd definitely try to do some crabbing runs and bump off three, yeah. four guys and throw. Yeah. Random offloads just to get some points for his owners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you need. I think you need to be aware that, that that these types of players exist and jump on them for those reasons. So I think that's why I'm. A, I think Nathan, uh, sorry, Dylan Brown's got just as good a you know like running game as well. I really think he's handy. He got a tackle bus, but he doesn't have those um, the same sort of little plodding around that he does like touch football that Cam Munster does like yeah you can't get me you'll never get to me yeah look I think the fact is Munster he's he's he looks fit he's so involved he's running the ball more than he was last year so I think you can't go wrong and I picked him to be the number one scoring 5-8 for the season and he's well on his way there so yeah I think you can't go wrong it's a good week to get him in before his price moves and he's gonna move and he probably there's a chance he doesn't get any cheaper than what he is now so yeah I'd, I'd go ahead if you if you don't have a good five eighth maybe you took the punt on someone else and yeah this is a good this is a good move to to go to Munster basically if you've got Kiri like me then uh, yeah I think I'm definitely gonna do it it's gonna hurt when Kiri sets up three tries in a game and scores one himself because it'll happen the week that I sell him, which will probably be this week, but that's okay because um, I have predicted they're going to beat the body Cowboys by 30 points too. But I, look, if it's storming there, I don't know about that, but I have called it, so we'll see what happens. But I do have to say, like, he could set up three and score one himself and still not crack 120. Yeah. Because his base is non-existent. And yeah. then you've got Munster who's just cracked 121 while only well, he didn't score a try. He just had one try assist and three try contributions, one line break yeah. and three line break assists. Yeah. So like just when, when your floor is like when, when, when you scored 67 points just from the other stuff that you're doing without scoring any tries or try assists, like just makes life so much easier mm. for everything else you tackle on top of it. So how bad we're all is 20s? Points. Like when you look at your score for like the end of a game and you're like, oh, that guy's got 23, this guy's got 17. That guy's got 34. I'm not going to win any games this week. Yeah. It was me looking at Chris Randall's score and uh, Selwyn Cobber's score while I've got Nanai and Josh King on the bench Mm, (laughs) for me last week. (laughs) All right. Uh, But look, I think Storm, they're going to, I think, sure, they've they've still got those question marks about the forwards or whatever. But, I mean, Brandon Smith coming off the bench, that might reshuffle in the end or whatever, but I think he's still going to get 60 minutes or so. This could just be a, a way of managing 
Because I think what we saw, like the rotations just last week when they didn't have Grant and obviously they're still missing some forwards and things like that. I think the moment the starters came off, so when Bromwich and Asafa Solomona came off and Cheese was obviously at hooker, so he couldn't have the same impact he would at lock. Yep. They just got beat in the middle so badly. Like they struggled to make meters. They hardly ever made it out of their own end. And they just lost. They just got smashed from there. So I think that's why they started so well. And then at the end, they just couldn't keep up with the Eels. And I think, you know, that's why maybe Cheese coming off the bench. Like I'm, I'm just expecting, you know, 20 minutes of Nelson. He'll come off. Cheese will come off. King will move the prop. Cheese will play big minutes at lock. And then, you know, later on, Nelson will replace um, King or whoever. And that's how they balance it. I think that's what they're going to do to to make sure that the, their middle is not so weak, basically, and trying to balance that, you know, the minutes a bit and rotate them a little bit differently. So I wouldn't worry, basically. He's still going to get big minutes. If you've got him for whatever reason, just stick fat. Yeah. I wouldn't panic on him. For sure. All right. Final game of the round, the Eels and the Dragons. So the Eels obviously on a bit of a high coming off their big win over the Storm last week team hasn't reshuffled too much uh, obviously they do get back ryan madison this week which is you know i think it just causes more headaches than anything really mm. just obviously come back from a hamstring concern uh it's going to shuffle the minutes i think for the pack yeah i mean we talked about isaiah Papali. i definitely think he's an option but i am a little bit nervous about those minutes i think at his price tag he needs to play 80 to be worth it do you think do you agree with that or? Yeah, I feel like he's someone that you just get later in the year. I don't, I feel like there's so many other cheaper options that are doing a good enough job that, yeah, you'd be putting too much of your bank into him, I think. I could, I don't could yep. do it. When there's better options to be putting your money towards, right? Yep. Like your Harry Grants and your Nico Hines and yeah. all those types of guys. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I'd be prioritizing them too. Unless your forward pack's absolute ass. But like I said, I, I'd rather just pay up for, paying ass is cheaper still. So yeah. It just makes sense to get someone like him instead. Security, but that's just me. For sure. Yeah. So as a read, Marnie Erna, you're obviously very un- unhappy with him. You're moving off him, right? Very unhappy. Like he's a good footballer, man, but he's, he, I mean, his super coach scores haven't been so great. Last year, his scores were much better um, across the board, but they still weren't overwhelmingly fantastic. It's the attacking stats, basically. Yeah. I mean, just on the eye test, I'm not ever seeing like, like he took a little run last week and then he passed it to someone and they dropped it. And I was like, ah. The first time he took two <laughs> steps out of dummy half, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, just knowing what else is available, like I'd be ha- super happy to have Starling ahead of, instead of him or ideally Harry Grant, which I think I'll go to. But I, yeah, I just And you reckon, so if you had Marnie, you'd downgrade him to Starling? Yeah, happily, pocket. happily. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good move. Just And look, I said at the start, like I was worried that he may have, because he he also had off-season shoulder surgery. I was worried he's going to be tentative. And being a hooker, he needs to make lots of tackles. He needs to be in the middle. um, And obviously his shoulder would be tested a lot more. So it feels like he's been a lot more tentative than he was last year. And uh, look, I couldn't blame him, you know. (laughs) He's obviously had to take care of himself. So yeah, I I think I'd, I'd happily move off. Wait until you see what you saw last year before you come back on, basically, for Marnie. Mm. Uh, look, we, we talked about Dylan Brown. Obviously, you highlighted how he had also a really strong floor. I mean, you know, 56 and 58 the last two weeks when he's played 80 minutes at 5 8 I'm happy to write off round one where he spent, you know, a good 30 minutes playing center, yeah. you know, partially to cover injuries or whatever. But the problem, obviously, for him is if we do see a backline injury, like are we going to see him have to shift and play center? Like, I hope not. That is one thing. 
And I think like the argument against going Brown over Munster, you'd only be going Brown instead of Munster if it was a money cash thing, like you're trying to fit other things in, you know, upgrade elsewhere and you're trying to save here. Yeah, I mean, it's an extra 140 grand. So yeah. it's, it's a fair chunk of change. Munster is, is, is like, he's kind of like the main guy compared to Jerome Hughes, I guess you could say, whereas, whereas Brown's second fiddle to Moses. So I sort of like that guy that's always the, seems to be the main guy. It's interesting you say that because I think a lot of people say Munster's actually not the main point of attack at the Storm. Like he doesn't, he, he's not the primary kicker. Uh, he shares it very much with Jerome Hughes. You know, Pappenhausen with the sweep plays, he's often the one who's linking. I think he gets good ball though. I think he gets a lot of the good yeah. ball. No, I, I think I think I agree with you. I just, I find that some people do make that observation and that that's why Munster's not, you know, he's not commonly amongst the attacking stats, but his flaw's so great that when he does get amongst it, it's great for him. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to have Munster or Dylan Brown. I'm obviously a Dillbags owner. I started with him. I was not happy after round one, but couldn't be happier the last two weeks. Like I wanted to see the 50 to 55 to 60 base and base attack, and I hope he jags a couple of attacking stats. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he's already beaten his 2021 average. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, it's season total in attacking stats already. So I think he's got a. I think he's going in for a good season. Basically, you make a fair point on the monster thing too. Like I guess he's not the total main guy. You've got like a, so many guys there, like Harry Grant pretty much calling a lot of the decisions as well. And, you know, you've got Pappy out there. and But, yeah, I just feel he's a little bit the more of the guy than Hughes in their side. And I think that, that reflected and, in Hughes's yeah. score being so big when Munster wasn't there. And then when Munster come back, Munster's score's gone up and Hughes's has gone down. I just think because he's, he's obviously in the best shape that he's been in since, yeah. I guess, since he started drinking. Yeah. He's able to be everywhere and he's enjoying it and he's loving it. He's loving getting his hands on the ball. And he looks like he's enjoying himself, which is great. He's great. Uh, speaking of Moses, though, he's been a little bit disappointing, I think. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were really excited after round one. He did look great in but, round one, didn't he? Yeah, but since then, you know, 41-53, not ideal. I mean, if you had Moses, like, are you trying to get straight up to... Yeah, probably, Nico, yeah. Basically? Nico Ward to Cleary, one or the other. Yeah. I'd probably... Um, if I didn't... If I, if I had Moses and didn't have... Nico, I'd probably go Cleary to try and get the one up on. You know, you're not going to catch up to people by just chasing the one before. You know what I mean? I feel like if you were to battle Cleary against Heinz, that's a sort of a nice way to sort of get ahead. I think at the end of the day, we've got to highlight, you know, we've spoken so much about base and base attack, but Moses, 17, 21, and 7. This is base and base attack the last three weeks. You know, obviously he gets the goal kicking to bolster that, so he gets an extra 20 points in goal kicking round one. 16 in round two and obviously round, sorry, 16 in round three. In round two, he got hurt, so he couldn't goal kick. And Gutherson got those points. So I just think he's gotten so many more attacking stats. I mean, three try assists in uh, round one, as well as two line break assists. He's got two try assists in round three with one line break assist and one try in round two. So that's a fair bit of attacking stats there. Yet he's, you know, he's averaging 61. Then you look at Dylan Brown, who's got three try assists, one try contribution, two line breaks, one line break assists, mm. and he's averaging almost 10 points more. Mm, <laughs> just that base and base attack makes so much of a difference. Just that, yeah, so. his running game is really handy. I think that's where it comes in. Absolutely. All right, look, we've we've spoken about a lot of players and gone through that in a heap of detail. So I think we need to move on and we're going to look at some swish now. If you are what you say you are. 
All right, so last week, Cam Murray top scored of 129. Uh, nobody nailed that call, but we'd had multiple guesses for Nico Hines, who was the number two scorer at 124. Uh, we had a couple of guesses uh, around that, you know, within five points of that. Closest was at Occam's underscore Razor 21, who's guessed 125. But I will have to point out they were almost disqualified because they said 125 at least. So because they did say 125, I'll, I'll let them have it. But next time, player name and exact score only. Mm-hmm. None of this at least or over or above or whatever. I will disqualify you from your entry counting, all right? Uh, but look, uh, jump into my DMs, um, Occam's Razor, and we'll hook you up with your $50 Swiss voucher for this week. Obviously, you heard just before, that is Harry Grant doing Swish. He's obviously available on the platform as well. Look, for us, though, you missed last week, so it was just me and Joe. Yep. Joe guessed Reese Walsh for 117. Walsh only scored 51. I did guess Nico Hines, so I said 97. He scored 124. So nice. look, I'm on the board. So Congratulations. He's got some runs. That's a, that's happy days. I'm going to get some runs this week, so I think, I think I'm, uh, I want some runs. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll let you have it. Who do you want to start with this week? There's a lot of options, isn't there? Jeez, there are. I, I'm going to I'm, I'm be conservative and not try and be too cute. I'm just going to say Ryan Pappenhausen, and I'm going to say 125. At least. No, no, you're not allowed to say at least. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying the part. Uh, no one say at least. You have to give an exact number. I was going to go Pappenhausen. I thought you I, – I, I was certain you were going to go elsewhere. Ooh, were you? But, Interesting. Yeah. I thought you were going to back your boy Cleary. But, yeah, no, the only reason I'm yeah. not backing him this week is just because I've got that weird suspicion that it would be a tough game and I think the Bunnies could beat us. And they're huge outsiders at $3.10. So. That's fair. Um, look, I am going to stick with the fullback position though and I'm going to go with James Tedesco. Mm. I think he's due. He's due. I, I've got a feeling he's going to raise the bat this round. Very nice. And I'm going to pick him for 115. So nice. let's go, Teddy. I really like that. I'd, I'd be very happy if the, our boys in the fullbacks went quite well it's obviously no coincidence that they are you know we both have those (laughs) as the fullback pairing right that's right (laughs) so yeah fingers crossed they go well for for our sakes and obviously for supercoach as well but look swish they are changing the way fans interact with athletes they've got over a thousand athletes available from across australia and new zealand over 200 nrl stars including harry grant nathan cleary Tommy Turbo, James Tedesco, Ryan Pappenhausen, all the studs uh, all there. 20% of all proceeds are donated between Starlight and Variety. They are both children's charities. It's really easy, just a simple process. You jump on the site, heyswish.com, or you find them on the socials at swish, S-W-Y-S-H, and you, they, yeah, just follow the prompts from there. Don't forget you do get a 10% off if you use the promo code CHAMP. Um, that's C-H-A-M-P. But yeah, get involved, Swish. They're, they're, they're really great and obviously a lot of fun. And again, I still haven't heard a single person unhappy with the Swish that they've received. So mm. well, that's our Swish Supercoach star predictions for this week. And just going to do a quick update from our group comp, obviously sponsored by our friends at Tyler Made. They stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles. This week, we have a new leader, George S., who is the coach of Silver Tiles in the lead, ranked 35. Then they're running for our grand prize of $500 for first. Second, we have Troy, the coach of Roosters, pack in 42nd. 
And third is actually our newly joined champ, Oscar, who's now 45th. But yeah, so Oscar's still in the lead for that $500 bonus for our champs only. Troy's in the lead for the $200 voucher to use on nrlshop.com. And obviously, like I said, George in the lead for the 500 bucks for first. But we really have to thank Tyler Maid for the generosity in donating our grand prize of 500 bucks. Tyler Maid is a family-owned run business from Brisbane. They've got a team of tile specialists who pride themselves on their honest pricing with no hidden fees and absolutely premium customer service. They'll take good care of you in person or you can buy online at www.tylermade.com.au and they can deliver to anywhere in Australia if need be. So if you are thinking about any new tiles, tools or anything in between, get in touch with the team at TylerMade and make sure you let them know that you heard about them through the Supercoach Champions podcast. But mate, Tim, thank you so much for your time. We've obviously gone through a heap. I don't feel like I'm any close to making my trade decisions yet. I feel like I am. I feel like I am, but I'm not happy because I've just, yeah, I had different plans, but I feel like I need to go against what my plans were and just fix my side up. So just don't just resist the FOMO. Okay. Just don't worry about what other people are doing. Just focus on, as you say, fixing up your side. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks as always to the champs for supporting us. If you're not sure what that is, uh, check it out, www.patreon.com slash supercoachchampions. You can find out how to support us becoming a patron of us, and that means you'll get access to the champs discord. And look, there's all the other uh, perks, exclusive perks as well. And look, we have a premium guns tier where actually you sit down and you chat. Well, we originally planned for it to be half an hour, but I think you offered two hours of your time last yeah, week. Yeah, it stretched out to two hours. So I decided, look, I'm a generous person. I was only going to give up half an hour of my time. I thought two hours is a bit much, so I'm going to bring it and meet in the middle and we're going to do an hour. So it's going to be an hour All thing right. each week now. Oh, that's... Like I said, uh, you are a generous person, but look, that is an hour where you sit down with the current reigning Supercoach champion and they will talk about your team and your trades and strategies and all that type of stuff. And I think that's a place that you can't really get that too many. Get that sort of one-on-one, what do I do? What do you think? Well, it's not always one-on-one, is it? Sometimes there's a few of us in there. Oh, a few in there, <laughs> but we're all bouncing off. But you still get you know, get to have that chat directly yeah. you know, with, with myself or if it's just you when you jump on when well, I might have a week off here occasionally when I um, get my wisdom tooth out. I'm probably going to get a wisdom tooth out at some stage this year. Oh, that doesn't sound like fun. Uh, I've, got, I've only got <laughs> one left to go, so... I can feel him coming through. Fair enough. All right. Well, hopefully you better go see the dentist to make sure that doesn't go in the wrong direction. But yeah, so look, that's just a, a little sneak peek into some of the perks you can get through our Patreon. So again, patreon.com slash supercoachchampions, check it out. Um, and as always, you can still find us here. We're here twice a week, all for free. And you just got to make sure you are subscribed to us on all major podcast platforms. And if you want to help us out in other ways, you can always leave us a review or subscribe. Um, you know, that always helps out the podcast as well. So look, that's enough rambling. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you again soon. Good luck, everyone. Yeah.